All right, guys. All right, man. It's awesome to see everybody here today. Hey, we're just, well, let's, just, let's just jump right in. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead, open it up, uh, turn it on, whatever, whatever you need to do. And we are in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be in one quick verse. We're going to get there in a little bit. Uh, not right this second, but in just a moment, we're going to be in one verse in Matthew 6. And what we're uh, doing today if today's your very first time, you've never been to Summit, or maybe you missed last week or whatever, we are in part two of a series called Game Changer. And, and what we're doing in this series every single week, uh, we're, we're looking at a passage of Scripture, a place in the Bible that's honestly extremely familiar. This is a really familiar place in the Bible. But the problem with things that a lot of times are really familiar is that a lot of times we can become so familiar with stuff or something that it, that it just loses its weight. It just loses its significance because we're so used to it. And the place we're at every week in this series is we are at a place in Matthew 6 called the Lord's Prayer. And again, everybody could probably, everybody's probably had some experience with that, some encounter with that. Like even if you're not really a church person, church isn't your thing, maybe today's your very first time ever being in church, you could probably quote that a little bit. You're probably familiar with it. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us a stay our daily bread. That's, that's not new. That's not new. But it is a game changer. It's a game changer for our lives, for your family, for our church, for our city. And so every single week what we're doing in the series is we're just looking at a different thing that Jesus says in that prayer because it is a game changer. And today in part two, I was thinking about what we were going to do today and where we were at in this. And uh, maybe it was uh, because it was cold and I was just trying to think of something that was warm. Um, But before I get there, does anybody know that the Winter Olympics are coming up in a couple of weeks? Is anybody just absolutely fired up about the Winter Olympics? Raise your hand right now. Not a person Awesome. See, I'm not either. I thought that that would happen. I'm not either, but again, I was trying to think of stuff warm, polar vortex this week and stuff. I was imagining the beach and, you know, and all kinds of stuff. And I started thinking about, oh man, the Olympics are coming up in a couple of weeks. And I started thinking about Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, you guys know who Michael Phelps is, don't you? Olympic swimmer, that sort of thing. There he is right there on the screen. Uh, Michael Phelps, if you didn't know, is the most decorated Olympian in the history of of Olympics. I mean, that man has won over 20 medals. And every year, I mean, last year, last week rather, we talked about how to make 2014 a banner year. Every time Michael Phelps goes to the Olympics, it's a banner year for him. I mean, he just sets the record. He wins more medals than he did the last time. That man is the most decorated Olympian in the history of the Olympics. And see, that's what you and I see. Right When you and I think about Michael Phelps, we get a picture like that in our heads. We get, we get a picture of just Michael Phelps just shooting past the competition or standing up on the, on the winning blocks and he's got his medals in his hand because he's just won more medals than anybody's ever dreamed. We get in our minds, when we think about a guy like Michael Phelps, in our minds we get the highlight reel. But what we don't see are the things that happen behind the scenes for Michael Phelps that make the highlight reel possible. In fact, this week I read a little bit about what Michael Phelps does when he trains for something like the Olympics. And, and it's, just, it's just unbelievable. Listen to this. Every time when Michael Phelps is, is training, say, for the Olympics, training for some big competition, here, here's what he does every week and sometimes every, and something, some things he does every day. Here's his training schedule. Every week when Michael Phelps is training, say, for the Olympics or something like that, he swims 50 miles a week. 
Think about that. Think about that. 50 miles a week. And then sometimes he'll go to the, and, and then when he's really trained, he'll go to the gym, lift weights three times a week for hours at a time. Hours at a time. He'll spend at the gym at least three times a week lifting weights. But here's the thing that got me. Um, when Michael Phelps is in full-on train mode every single day, he will eat 12,000 calories. Isn't that awesome? Man, I want to be a swimmer. Goodness, I didn't know that was part of the gig, man. Uh, in fact, look at this. That's a picture of what Michael, and, and it's so much food we couldn't get it all. That is actually a picture of what Michael Phelps eats every single day. Right there in the middle is honestly lunch. He, for lunch, he eats an entire pizza, two sandwiches, and that entire plate of french fries. Swimming is awesome. Man, I, I look at that and I think, oh my goodness, think of all the Oreos I could eat if I was an Olympic swimmer, but that's just me. But he does that every single day. See, see, it's what Michael Phelps does behind the scenes. It's, it's in the daily routine that makes the highlight reel possible. It's what he does every day that makes what you and I see a reality. And see, for a lot of us, for, for me and maybe, maybe for some of you, it's the daily grind. It's the daily reality. It's the stuff that we've got to do every day. That's where I get hung up. Like, like, have you ever noticed that we can make really big, really big, huge goals for our lives? We can set lofty expectations for our lives, but when it comes to the daily grind, when it comes to the daily reality and the routine of making that goal a reality, a lot of times I fall short. Anybody else? Anybody? There you go. See, see, it's the beginning of the year. So here's what somebody did, and this happens to so many people, but we just never think about that. At the beginning of the year, we think there's something magical in the air. We think there's something mystical about a new year when it's really just another day. But here's what a lot of people think. It's the number one New Year's resolution. What do you think the number one New Year's resolution is? Wah, 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 wah. You're right. Get in shape. Good job, guys. Get in shape, Right? Some of you, that's your goal for 2014. This is going to be the year that I get in shape. This is going to be the year that I get the six-pack. I'm going to be hotter this year I've ever been in my life. I'm going to get in shape in 2014, and then we realize, wait, I've got to go to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. I've got to put my sweatpants on. It's cold outside. Gyms always smell bad, and they got mirrors everywhere. I don't like looking at myself in mirrors. I'll do that next year. Next year, I'll get in shape, right? We set these lofty goals, but it's the daily grind. It's what we need to do every single day where we get hung up on it. Hey, we can do the same thing with God. We can do the same thing. We come in places like this right here. Last week, we talked about how to make 2014 a banner year where all kinds of people got excited. All kinds of people made decisions last week. And we can get really excited in an environment like this. And we can say, Jesus, this is going to be the best year of my life. I'm I'm not going to hold anything back from you. I'm going to give you everything this year. I'm going to surrender all of my life. And then Monday. And we hate Mondays, right? I know you hate Mondays because I'm friends with a lot of you on Facebook, and that's all you'll talk about tomorrow. And God seems to have hit repeat on that one. I didn't know if you realized it. Right? Or, or listen, listen, if maybe Monday we're still a little excited about church, by Thursday afternoon, man, when you've had another week of things not going right, things not going the way that you hoped they would, you can start to get discouraged, can't you? 
You, you start to get discouraged, and we start to think, man, well, you know what? God might give somebody else a banner year, but it never goes right for me. And we start to get discouraged. But what we need to remember is that every day on the path to where God wants to take us, every day on the way to where God is taking us, every day is a battle. Every day to where God is taking us is a battle. And every day is going to have different needs than the day before it and the day after it. So your goal might be that 2014 is going to be a banner year for your marriage. Listen, if that's true, if that's your goal, you want that to become a reality, you need to know every day to wherever you want your marriage to go is a battle. And what you need today is different than what you needed yesterday. And what you'll need tomorrow is different than what you needed today. And see, that's, what, that's why I love how focused Jesus is in the verse that we're in today. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up, turn it on. We're, we're just in a really small verse, man. Don't blink or you'll miss it. Matthew chapter 6, and today we are in verse 11. Let's all look at this. It's going to be on the screen behind me, so if you didn't bring a Bible, you don't have one on your phone or iPad or whatever, don't sweat it because it's already behind me probably. But here is Matthew chapter 6. Verse 11, and it just simply says this. Give us this day our daily bread. That was really quick. I feel like somebody might have missed it. Can we all read that together? Let's all read it together, and let's all say it out loud. Let's all do this together. Here we go. Give us this day. You guys sound good, man. Give us today, your Bible might say. Your Bible might say, God, give us today our daily bread. See, Jesus doesn't say, God, give us our bread for tomorrow. He doesn't say, God, give us our bread for next week. He doesn't say, God, give us next year's bread. Jesus only says, God, give us today. God, give us today's bread. Because Jesus is focused on today. I don't know about you, but me, I'm not really focused on today. I'm always focused on the next thing. Is anybody else that way? Have you ever noticed we're not really focused on today? We're always focused on the next thing. We're always focused on the next test. We're always focused on the next deadline. For me, man, and, and some of the, the, the staff of Summit and a lot of you guys that, that know me, man, you'll testify to this. My wife, my family will testify to this. I'm always focused on the next thing. Always thinking about the next big thing, the next series, the thing that's coming up a year from now that I'm fired up about. I'm always focused on the next thing. But see, here's the deal. If you look at the Bible, God is interested in tomorrow. God is in control of next week. God's got plans for next year. But if you look at the Bible, God is really interested in today. God is really interested in today. In fact, we won't read it, but, but if you look in just a few verses after this in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus starts to talk about worrying. He starts to talk about anxiety. And he says, hey, listen, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about the clothes that are going to be on your back. And if you think about it, that's all we worry about, isn't it? And if you ever noticed that the things that we worry about, they're rarely things that have to do with today. It's about something that's a couple days away. Maybe a couple of weeks away. Maybe a couple of months. It's the bill that's due Friday. 
It's the, it's the meeting that we've got. It's the test that we haven't studied for. And so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, listen, listen. Don't worry about your life, but look at how Jesus wraps it up here. It's going to be on the screen. Matthew six thirty four says this. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Watch this last phrase. Here's where I want you to key in on. Sufficient for the day. Can we all say the day? Let's all say that together. The day. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, what Jesus is trying to press on me, and I think he's trying to press on our church here, is he says, hey, you know what, listen, yeah, there's things that you need to be focused on tomorrow. Yeah, there's things that you need to be praying about for next year. Listen, there's things you should be praying about that are honestly years down the road. I mean, parents of small kids, I hope that right now you are praying about the men and women that they're going to become decades from now. So Jesus isn't saying, don't think about tomorrow at all, don't plan for tomorrow at all, but here's what Jesus is saying, you don't know if you get a tomorrow. So I'm thinking about the bill that's due Friday. I'm thinking about the next series. You're thinking about the thing that's coming up at school. You're thinking about that vacation that your family is going to plan and you're going to go on this summer and you don't know if you have a this summer. You don't know if you have a Friday. You don't know if you have tomorrow. But here's what we do know we do have right now. See, you and I, we don't know if we've got tomorrow, but here's what Jesus does say we have today. And so Jesus, he says, yeah, I'm focused on tomorrow. I'm in control of tomorrow. But you don't know if you've got a tomorrow. But you do know you have a today because you've got right now. He says, you don't know about tomorrow, you don't know about the next day, but you've got today. Jesus is focused on today. And so when we read in verse 11, give us today our daily bread, let's remember, we said this last week, Jesus is telling us how to talk to him. Jesus is telling us how to have a relationship with him. And what I said last week is that God is not interested in a distant, arm's-length relationship with any of us in 2014. And so Jesus, in this game-changing passage, he's telling us how to talk to him. He's telling us about the kind of relationship that he wants to have with each and every one of us in this room starting today and this year. And what he says in verse 11 is that Jesus looks at you and he looks at me every single day when we wake up and he says to us, what do you need today? What do you need today? Well, Jesus, tomorrow I'm going to, no, 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 no. You don't know if you get a tomorrow. What do you need today? And if you get a tomorrow, I'll ask you that. As soon as you wake up, that's going to be what I want to know. What do you need today? And then if you get a day after that, then I'm going to ask you that. But you don't know if you get those kind of things. All you know is you've got right now. What do you need right now? What do you need today? And listen, let's be clear. Jesus isn't saying, hey, what do you need today? Jesus isn't telling that. Jesus isn't asking us that because he doesn't know. He's God. He knows everything. Jesus knows every single thing that we need. It says it here in verse 8. We didn't read it. But in verse 8, it says that your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. God isn't, Jesus isn't saying, what do you need today because He doesn't know. But what He wants us to know is that every single day, He is a provider. And every day that we have, he is faithful. So every day, today, and then if you get a tomorrow, and then if you get a next day, what do you need 
today. I, I, I was thinking about that this week because Jesus is just driving this home for us. And he says, what do you, what do you need today? Mark, what do you need today? This section over here, the middle, this side over here, the back. What do you need today? And I, and I was thinking about this, and, and, and every once in a while I like to kind of bring things up on stage to kind of make it memorable, to kind of get you more involved so that you'll remember this. And so I started to think about what are things that we need today? What are things that you and I need? And I was reminded this week with Snowmageddon, apparently this is something that we all need. Right? Apparently, this is what we need. Snowpocalypse, polar vortex, the world will end. Eastern Kentucky says, milk and bread. Now, this isn't spiritual, but why have we picked these two things? Right? Like, why is, as soon as the weatherman says the S word, snow, y'all, snow. As soon as the weatherman says snow, Eastern Kentucky says, we got to go get milk and we got to go get bread. I don't know why we can't think, oh, you know what? Snow, chips and salsa. Right? I don't know. Oh, snow, sweet tea and ribs. Right? I don't know why. Milk and bread. That's what we need. And see, see, here's one thing. I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just trying to make you remember this. But here's what I want you to think. When you look at the milk and when you look at the bread, I think it's supposed to snow this week. I'm selling all of this for $5,000. Five grand. All right? Look at this. I took this picture earlier uh, this week. I want to show you this. That is the milk section of Food City last Sunday night. Look at that. Somebody lost an arm trying to get a gallon there. Oh, my gosh. But, hey, hey, if you need some of this, five grand. It's a steal. I'm telling you. But, I mean, we're, just, we're just having fun, but, but when you look at this, when you look at this right here, I want you to think practical, daily stuff. I, I want you to think, I don't want you to look at this and think, oh, milk and bread. I want you to think, though, the practical, daily realities of your life. Because some of it, I want you to hear me on this. I want you to get this. Because God cares about all of it. God cares about all. All of it. There is not an area of your life that God doesn't care about. And see, when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, this is a prayer of provision. This is a prayer of asking God to step on the scene of our lives and meet our needs. This is a prayer of provision, but it's more than that. Because this isn't just a prayer of provision. This is a prayer of invitation. It's a prayer of invitation, of inviting God into every area of our lives. It's a prayer that says, God, nothing in my life is off limits from you. Because, hey, let's just be real honest for a second. Maybe this is only me, and if it's only me, you can lie to make me feel better and say that you're like this too. But we are really good at separating our lives, aren't we? God's over here and everything else is over here. Anybody else guilty of that? I'm guilty of that. The way it plays out in my life, and I'll be honest, this is one thing that I'm praying about and fighting in my life is I'll get up every day, I'll spend time with God, I'll read the Bible, and then I'll pray, and then, and then too many of my days are like, God, I'm checking in this morning because I'm going to do my thing the rest of the day. 
I'm going to do a lot of other things, and I might check in occasionally, but so many of us are guilty of God's here, and our lives are here. So maybe you're spiritual, maybe you're you're kind of theological, maybe your denominational background, you're Christian, maybe the spirituality you got in your church or whatever, maybe maybe you weren't taught this, but this is kind of the thing that I was told. I was told, man, that you never pray about certain things like maybe you need a new car, right? Like you only ask God for spiritual stuff, Amen. Spiritual. I think pray for spiritual stuff, brother. Right? The other stuff just do. Don't ask God for a new car. If you have a new car, if you need a new car, look to see if you've got the money, look to see if you can have the payments, and then you go what? Buy the car. And what's just happened is God's here and our lives are here. Maybe it's not a car, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a relationship for you. Maybe you're asking God and you're saying, God, I am real lonely. I'm so lonely. Right? And then you meet somebody who has your two standards. They have a pulse and they think you're cute. That's it. That's it. Right? And you're saying, holy cow, they're breathing. And they think I'm cute. And I'm pretty sure that they're sober right now. And if they're not, that's fine. I can lower those standards. I'll go out with them. Oh, you know, I'll marry them. I'll spend the rest of my life with them. Hey, did you talk to God about them? Yeah, they've got a pulse, and yeah, they think you're cute. But are they the man, are they the woman that God wants for you? See, we're really good at our, uh, that God's here and our lives are here. But it is a game changer when we say to God, God, nothing is off limits in my life. God, I want you to move and to speak in every area of my life. So listen, if you have a need, talk to God about your need. If, if, you, if you're here today and you've got a decision you've got to make, are you talking to God about that decision? You've got a move that your family needs to make. You've been offered a new position. Are you talking to God about that new position? You want to be in a relationship in all seriousness. Are you talking to God about that relationship? Whatever your need is, talk to God about your need. Because I just want to say to our church today, there is nothing so small in your life that God doesn't care about, and there is no need in your life that's so great God could not provide. God is a provider. God is faithful. And so whatever your need is, talk to God about your need. Everybody say milk and bread. Five grand, talk to me after the service. But Jesus is not just talking about bread. See, he says, give us this day, our daily bread. God, here's what I need. What I need today is this. Get down to as practical as you need to, milk and bread. Whatever your need is, Jesus says, you bring God your need because he cares about your need. But here's what we know. He's not just talking about bread. When Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, it's more than bread. And we know that. See, and the reason we know that is because in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is taken into the wilderness and he's tempted by the devil. And, and Jesus has been fasting for 40 days and the devil knows that Jesus is hungry. And there they are and they're in the forest and, there's, and, and, and they're in the wilderness and Satan knows that Jesus is hungry and the devil looks at Jesus and he says, Jesus, I know you're hungry and hey, you're God, you can do whatever you want. Why don't you take some rocks and just turn them to bread? Why don't you just eat? You, you need bread. 
Why don't you just eat? And Jesus looks back at the devil and quotes a verse from the book of Deuteronomy. And he says, man shall not live on what? Does anybody know it? On bread alone. Man shall not live on bread alone alone. We've had fun this morning. Maybe you haven't been listening. Maybe you kind of peaked up because you need milk and bread this morning, but I want you to get this. Why can't man live on bread alone? Jesus is saying when he says man can't live on bread alone, here's what he's saying to me and to you. We are more than this. We're more than the physical. You can have money in the bank. The bills can be paid. You can have today's bread, tomorrow's bread, and this week's bread in the pantry right now. The kids are healthy. The marriage is great. And you are more than that, Jesus says. If all you have is this, Jesus says, there is more. In the book of John, Jesus gives eight I am statements. One of them, I am the bread of life. So we don't need only this. We need this. We, ne- we have needs. God says, bring your need to me. But we are more than this. So I've got this today. This is our survival kit. This is our survival kit. And, um, and, and um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm calling it a survival kit. Honestly, this is just an orange pack filled with Band-Aids. This will give you two minutes to live, honestly. This is no, there's nothing survival in here. Work with me, people. Work with me. Um, it's our survival kit. We're going to pretend it is, okay? It's our, it's our survival kit. And, and when you look at this, what I want you to think of is just this simple idea. We are more than this. Because if we only have these things, I am telling you, there is more that you need to survive. And my greatest need and your greatest need, our church's greatest need every day is more of Jesus. What I need today is more of Jesus. And if I have a tomorrow, I need more of Jesus tomorrow. And then Tuesday and Wednesday and on and on and on. Every day that I have a today, I will need more of Jesus and so will you. Every one of us. So if you're here today and you're struggling with some kind of temptation, you are tempted to do something that God is not telling you to do. You're tempted to make a decision that could potentially just wreck and ruin your marriage and your family. You need strength today from God to overcome that temptation. If you've got friends, family that are pressuring you in your life to go further than God wants you to go and go in a direction that God's not telling you to go, then today you need faith enough from God to to live for him and not for those people. If you're looking at your life and you're thinking, man, I was closer to God this time last year than I am right now. You didn't plan for that, but it just naturally happens that when spiritual growth is concerned, we are either moving forward, we're moving backwards, there is no neutrality. We never stay still. We're either going forward or going backwards, and something happened last year over the course of it. You find yourself now, you realize you're going backwards. You need to today for God to bring you back. Maybe you want to be bolder with your faith. You need boldness from God. Maybe you're in the midst of a decision. You don't know what to do. You need wisdom from God. Maybe you're facing some kind of situation. You don't know how to overcome it. You need to take your need to God. But all of us, our deepest and our greatest need today, and if we have a tomorrow, and if we have a day after, the day after that, is more of Jesus. See, this is all about this is all about connecting where we are to who God is. And summit, that is a game changer. That is a game changer. 
When you take where you're at right now today, I'm not talking tomorrow. Do you know why I'm not talking about tomorrow? Because you don't know if you get one. And neither do I. So I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about right now. In this, in this room today. What do you need today? Because there's a lot of people here today. And a lot of you I've never seen before. Man, it's awesome that you're here today. You might be here today. You don't even believe in God. And if, you're, if that's you, you're in a safe place. We started this church for you. But there's at least one thing that you and I have in common. And it's that we all have a need. And I don't know what your need is. It might be some kind of physical need. It might be some kind of need with your family because your marriage is falling apart. It might be some kind of need with your kids because, man, it just breaks your heart to see the decisions that they're making or that, that relationship has been severed. And you, you need God to move there today. It might be a financial need. And listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that if you bring your need to God today, then today he will meet that need. I'm not saying if you bring your need to God right now, then right now he's going to move. He might tomorrow if you get a tomorrow, or he might next week, he might a year from now. But today God wants you to know that in the midst of your need, God is good and God is great and God is faithful. Because so many times we walk, in, we walk through life and we feel like our need is greater than God. And when we're there, we've lost perspective like we talked last week. God is always greater than our needs. Amen? God is always greater than our needs. And so you've got a need today. Hey, you know what? Some of you, your need today is for God to save you. Stop putting off tomorrow what you stop putting off for a tomorrow that you don't know if you get or not. You don't know if you get tomorrow. I'll, I'll do that next week. I'll make that decision when I'm ready. I'll make that decision after I stop doing some things. I'll make that decision after I stop using this kind of language. I'll make that decision after I stop doing that sort of thing. Listen, you don't know if you're gonna have enough time to stop doing that kind of stuff. Here's what I know you've got right now. And Jesus just says to you, no matter who you are, where you've been, come today. Because nobody in this room has went so far that our God can't reach down and radically save you. But you've got a need. And today, what I want us to do is I want us to take our need and connect it to who God is. So I'm going to challenge you to do something, Summit. I'm going to challenge you to move. I'm going to challenge you to take a step. I'm going to challenge you to go from where you're at and connect it to who God is. And I'm going to challenge you to do something dramatic. I'm going to challenge you today. Hey, you know what? If you've got a need today, I'm going to pray. And as soon as I'm done praying, I want every person that's got a need to come up front and just flood this front up here and take your need to God. Some of you might need to pray with somebody. You need somebody to encourage you. You just need somebody to look you in the eye and say, hey man, you're not the only person that's ever been there. I've been there and God was faithful and he brought me through it. He'll bring you 
through it. If you need to pray with somebody, there's going to be people in the back in just a second. So when everybody's coming up front, you can just make your way to the back. But I am challenging you to move. Why? Because for too long, the devil has wanted you to keep your need and for you to try to figure it out. And it's not working. It's not working for me. It's not working for you. For too long, the devil has said, no, keep God here, your life here. And God says, I want all of it. And so today, we're going to bring our need to God. As soon as I'm done praying, you can come up front. You can pray. You can go to the back. If you see somebody you know, come up here. I want you to come up front with them and let's be the church that we're supposed to be. But all we're doing is simply connecting where we are to who God is. What do you need today? Jesus, we need you. That's what we need. We need you to flood our need. So let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, right here, right now, we just take our need to you. We take our lives to you. There is brokenness in this room. There is hurt in this room. There is pain in this room. There are needs in this room. There are people who are slowly walking away from you in this room. There are people who are on the verge of making the worst decision they've ever made in this room. There are people in this room, and Jesus, you are working radically through their lives, and they need you to keep working through their life that way. Jesus, we all have a need, and you're greater than all of our needs. And so right now, right now, I pray that what we would do is we would connect where we are to who you are. As you look at us and say, what do you need today? Because you are greater than our greatest need. In Jesus' name, amen. You move right now if you've got that need. I want to challenge you to take it to God. You can come up front. You go to the back. Move right now. Let's go. Move right now. Come on. People are moving, and some of you are sitting there thinking, you know what? Somebody's going to look at me. Yep, and God's going to use you to be an influence on them, and they're going to move. Go. Move right now. You just come up here. You can get on on your knees. Bring people with you. If you have a need, take it to God right now right now. You can go to the back and pray with people. Whatever your need is, bring it to God. Let's go. Maybe the person you're thinking about right now is somebody in your family, a loved one, a friend that's got a need. Won't you bring that need to God right now? Right now right now. Hey, if you're in that seat and you see a friend that's moved, why don't you come up here with them? Why don't you go to the back with them right now? Let's connect where we are to who he is. I don't care if you're a teenager, you take your need to God. I don't care if you're a middle school student, I don't care how young, how old. Take your need What do you need today? Hey, let's pray really quick. I don't want anybody up front to move. Man, you guys take all the time you need today. If you want to come up front while I'm praying here, then you come on. You want to come up front, be with somebody that's up here. You make your move. But I want to pray for us very quickly. Dear Jesus.
There are people in this room right now and they need you to save them. There are people in this room right now, they're, they're probably really good people, great to hang out with. They're a good friend and they love their kids. They do their job well probably. They might even like coming to church. They enjoy this kind of thing. But they don't know you. And Jesus, if there is anybody in this room right now that's not a Christian, their, their greatest need is for you to save them. And I pray right now that you would speak to their heart, move in their life, and that this would be a game-changing moment for them. Listen, church, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, is that you? Are you in that seat today? Have you come into this church today? And all of a sudden you realize, you know what, I'm not a Christian, I'm not saved. And I need Jesus to save me today. I want to tell you that if that's you, he will save you today. He'll save you right now. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. If you want to be saved today, then right there where you sit, hey, if you already know what to say to God, you just begin to ask God to save you right now. But if you don't, but if you know you need to make that decision, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer between you and God right now as you make the biggest, most game-changing decision of your life for Jesus Christ to come into your life for the very first time and to save you. Don't put it off to tomorrow because you don't know if you get one, but you've got right now. So if you want to make that decision, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make all things new in my life, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me. I give my life to you. And I want to live for you to the best that I can from this moment forward. Amen. Listen, with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody's looking around. If you just made that decision, Jesus doesn't want you to keep, keep it private. He wants you to make it public. And I'm going to count to three. And if you just made the decision to give your life to Jesus, as soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand high up in the air so that I can see it and we can celebrate with you today. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Right now. Here's a hand right up front. Anybody else? Praise God for that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hands are moving. Hands are going. Listen, listen, listen. If you've made that decision today, if you've made that decision today, you just made the biggest decision of your life. You can keep praying, you can keep talking to God, but here's what we want to do today. We want to give you a free Bible and a book called Seek First. And when you, t- when you got your connection card, you walked in, I want you to grab your connection card and before you leave, on the back, check the box that says you gave your life to Christ. And as you leave, give that to somebody. They've got the Bible, they've got the on your way out today, just so that we can help you and encourage you in the decision that you just made. Because man, some of you just made the biggest decision of your life. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that every need you care about, every life matters to you. There's no insignificant need in the room. And so, Father, I pray that as we leave today, we would be mindful of the fact that you want every moment connected to you. God, help us to remember that if we get a tomorrow. Help us to remember that every day of our lives. Jesus, every day you're asking because you love us, what do you need today? And Jesus, what we need today and tomorrow and every day is more of you. You are the bread of life, and without you we have no good thing. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Church.
Let's celebrate today, man. Man, praise God. Praise God for that today. Praise God for decisions that were made and just lives. Uh, man, I, I just love seeing God moving people's lives, and I love seeing people connected to God and seeing people take their steps towards God. Don't you guys love that? Man, never get used to it, church. Never, ah, oh, man, you know what? Somebody got saved at our church today. Hello! Right? Somebody took a step towards God today. Isn't that awesome? We should celebrate that. Man, hey, listen. If you signed up for the VIP luncheon, we're about to get started with that in just a few minutes. Give us, a few, uh, give us just a moment to get ready for that. First time returning guests, make sure you get, get the free gift for you. We've got in the lobby to your right. Hey, you guys, man, I love you guys so much, man. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday.